0: Coming up today on Locked On uh, Texas Tech Style Points. We don't need no thinking
1: Style Points. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We're gonna start this thing off right. Raider! 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 Raider!
1: Everything runs through love.
0: Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 20 bucks off your first purchase with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you again, man, as we are kicking off another week. Back in the LBK as Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders are back at Jones Stadium for a traditional 4 p.m. kickoff coming up on Saturday afternoon against Central Florida. But before we look ahead, we're still looking back to Saturday and what the Red Raiders pulled off on the road, 16 to 13, over the Jayhawks. And if you missed our reaction episode, check that out on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts for some of what we dove into yesterday following the game and something specifically to kick off the show with here today, Chris, is plain and simply the status of your quarterback. Now, nothing to fear as far as availability or anything like that, but I think everybody watching the game and anyone who had any concept of his path this season, Monday through Friday, had to understand we're not likely to see a fully healthy 100% Baron Morton out there again this season. So I'm wondering, as we saw the way the game progressed, Chris, where did he begin, do you think, actually, from a health standpoint? Did it get worse or just kind of remain the same? And, man, what do you make of the guy who was putting his guts on the line to make some of the plays that he did, knowing he is still a limited passer?
1: Yeah, so this this is an injury that I don't think you can make it worse. Uh, I think it just hurts a lot. Um, it's a pain tolerance issue, and it, it's, it sucks. Um, I, I think – you know, this, this is an injury that Quinn Ewers of Texas, I don't believe, played through. I think he sat out uh, for a variety of weeks. Barron has is, is chosen to, to play through it. I don't know that to be specific, but I believe both were reported as as AC sprains, AC joint sprains. And I think it's based on the grade uh, one, two, or three. And I believe, you know, Barron's got a grade two or grade, I think even actually grade three, which is the worst one uh, of, of, of those. And, it's, um, and, and so it, it is affected and it's on his throwing shoulder. So he's, you know, he's now what, what dealing with this since uh, the West Virginia game, which that all of a sudden feels like that was the last season. It feels so <laughs> long ago because um, I think now you're probably talking about what five to six weeks uh, of it. It's it just one of those things. It's going to take him, you know, the off season or maybe the month of, you know, a lot of weeks off in December, you know, early December maybe to, to kind of. Uh, get back and, and feeling better but the only thing you can do for it is rest but you know throwing on it repeatedly but to sum all that up he uh i don't i can't tell you where he started this game cowan all i know is uh, and and to his credit uh i i think once you get out there and warm-ups and you get kind of rolling adrenaline can kind of get you through and and the, a lot of that can wear off as the game goes along I think there's a few throws that maybe he potentially would have tried to make in this game, but I, I'd be willing to bet you, and we even talked about this on the broadcast, he may have not tried to throw it to somebody fairly deep because he's not sure if he can get it there, you know, and, like, doesn't want a chance of turnover and, and all that uh, because I knew that in that uh, in that Baylor game when he threw the interception that was underthrown, I think he came off the sideline and, and told Zach Kitley. You know, I think Joey McGuire had talked about this in one of his coaches' shows afterwards. Is said, "Yeah, man, don't call any more deep plays. I can't, I can't get it there." And so, you know, some weeks it's a little bit better than others. I thought, you know, he could still make a throw. Don't misunderstand; he makes a deep throw to Dre McRae versus TCU. Uh, I thought, you know, could, and, and, and to sum that up, the last three passes that he makes, you know, that are crucial to this win. Uh, he was three for three for, I think, close to like 63, 64 yards. But that one shot that he throws to to Jerron Bradley that allows Gino Garcia to go kick a chip shot field goal. I mean, that, that's a that's a tough throw. and And Bradley hasn't even turned around when that ball is in the air. He hasn't come out of his break or anything. And that's just a QB putting the ball on a dime and letting his receiver go make a play on it. And it sets you up for, you know, so... Yeah, Baron. you know, we, we talked to him on the broadcast as we were coming off the field after the, the big win, and I, I just said, hey, you know, take me through the final drive, but also how are you feeling? I know you've been gutting it out and grinding it through, and those were his words. I'm at about 60% right now, and they he followed up with, but I'm having so much fun, and he was like, please, Red Raider Nation, stay with us. Stick with us. Uh, you know, but he's compromised um, sure. uh, a bit, and I, th- I think it kind of gets better. I mean, next week he could feel worlds better. Um, And the following week it could be, you know, not as good. I mean, that's just kind of what you're dealing with here. And that's why I think they max protect a lot, trying to keep him clean and don't want him to take a lot of shots. And then he does on on one zone read, boy, it was early in the game. And he pulled it and he took a major shot. It was more of his, you know, head and, and like upper body than it was landing on his shoulder. But I thought, but he, he just I kinda kinda thought he of, was given
0: the shot to be honest with well, you. Well, yeah, I mean, but but
1: he kind of came up like, "Whoa, that was uh, that was an interesting collision."
0: <laughs> I was thinking of that specific play when you're talking about, you know, adrenaline and all the yeah. things that go into it and you know the the past of Bradley and some other throws that he made. It, it was just kind of it, it was I don't want to say bizarre, but it was just really interesting to see because you know that he is compromised as you said. I am glad to hear that it doesn't sound like there's anything that happened during the game that you know made the situation no. worse. It's just kind of the ebb and flow of the game. But you know, you see him make some throws or attempt some throws. I'm like, okay, that kind of seems like a normal Baron Morton uh deal there. You see him put his head down and try to pick up a first down there as a ball carrier. And I'm thinking, all right, well, he's he's feeling something, feeling like he wants to do that. So there was just a lot to process, and of course, it comes on a muted offensive day where really you just made big plays when you needed them you didn't fill up a stat sheet aside from your running back who continued to do what he does when it's tosh time all the time but it was truly a kind of all the time tosh time day there in saturday but you still made some of those big plays and i just wonder as you talk about max protection and we know also some limited explosiveness plain and simply from some of your pass catching personnel is that what is contributing to all of these things? And I don't want to leave out credit for Kansas, of course, defensively, but I feel like you're kind of telling us what leads to, you know, this being the sum of the day offensively when you talk about all that goes into trying to keep your quarterback upright and everything else we've added to
1: that. Well, first. and Kansas deserves some credit. I mean, they, they have, they have sure. been much better on defense this year than I think anybody would have thought. They are very aggressive. You know, we talked about that at the last uh, – or tail end of last week. You know, they, they had a couple of pick sixes, um, I, I think one against Oklahoma, one against Iowa State. And again, those are points and that those plays, they kind of turn those games. So I, I thought they were sitting on a lot of things that uh, that you were trying to do. And I think Barron did a good job of just, you know, he threw the one interception when he rolled out and threw one near the goal line, which ended up being a, more of a punt. And then you know, I think Kansas would would take take the ball over like the one or half yard line and go ninety nine yards only to come up empty. That was fun, uh, but I, I thought I, I think yeah, there, there's a combination of things, and you know, your your lack of um, wiggle or juice or speed or whatever it shows up in a game like this because Devin Neal. I mean, he he did what I. Not to knock, it almost feels bad to say something negative about Taj Brooks, and that's not what I mean. But, I mean, Devin Neal made that run. I mean, I don't know if Taj can make that run. You know, or he can get enough space out in the open and then run away from everybody like Devin Neal did for 60 yards. That's just not necessarily who Taj is. Well, and just that one carry, Chris, I mean, duh, here we go. That big play capability
0: almost wins his team a game because he goes for 137 on the day, but 60 of it on the one carry and so it's yeah I I don't know necessarily I I get what you're saying when you're talking about I don't want to say anything you know to be uh critical of Taj Brooks but it's just a different dynamic and it's something that your offense is missing the home run hitter the big play capability and we saw it on display there where you felt like yeah you're containing him and then boom
1: makes the game so much easier takeaways (laughs) make the game easier explosive plays on offense. Make the game easier, and it can get you out. It can get you into a three-score lead if you, if you, if you're desperately trying to get over the hump and put a team away. But that's just kind of who you are right now, um, which is why, again, they've 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 told you a year ago. We we went out and we tried to to sign the fastest class we could. Again, this year we're trying to find fast people, hurdle times, speed, juice. Uh, all these different things. Why is Micah Hudson such a big get in the recruiting game? Because you know what you you don't have, and you're trying to uh, you know trying to secure it, and and so it just because again, it just makes everybody's job so much easier, and and all those things. It'll make the quarterback play better. It makes you know I don't know. All, all we we we've talked a lot about that in the last, but that you got caught up in that. But at, at the end of the day, you won, and that's all I care about. And Jerron Bradley. For all the the struggles and just kind of like not may, maybe being as big of a factor as we thought, he came up huge on that one final drive. He made a huge catch uh, and yeah. in, in, in earlier in the third quarter that it, it didn't amount to anything, but I thought that was a, a you know kind of a flip the field type of uh, throw and catch for, from Morton to Bradley. But it was nice to see him uh, play a part in that deal. And uh, I don't I don't know. I just think because let, let's think about it. That that twenty six second drive, those three passing plays, that's the biggest drive in Baron Morton's young career. You know, it just is. Yeah. Um, He's he's on his eighth or ninth start now, I think. And there was none bigger. Road win, Big Twelve, all on the line. Twenty six seconds, which is not a lot of time. You had one timeout, I believe that's right. And he goes three for three, and he and he clutched up. It, it was. It was really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, man. Top 25 action on the road. Yes. And you don't just walk into Lawrence, Kansas, and walk out of there with the win. At least not this season, but Texas Tech <laughs> did. And that's what I guess, and you touch on it right there, That that's what I've found kind of frustrating in some reaction to this game is that it very quickly devolved into a style points conversation. Style points? We don't need no thinking style points. Here's the frustration. First, today's episode brought to you by GameTime. And you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events. And with GameTime, you won't because it's always a breeze. Using the GameTime app where you're going to find killer last-minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it begins, which means GameTime is the place to find last-minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the game time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, creating an account, and then use our code LockedOnCollege for 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. Locked on college for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code locked on college for $20 off. Download the game time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Here's the frustration Do you not have any concept of where this program is trying to emerge from? It's like lower than the basement, I guess. And look, I know that people will immediately. For some reason, want to tell me, Casey Cowan, my name's right there on the screen, me, Casey Cowan, what Joey Maguire said, as if that is going to impact my outlook or my expectation. You're going to have to tell coach about that. I know what you're going to want to tell me. I already know it's coming, but keep keep it coming anyway in the YouTube comments. We appreciate you stroking the algorithm. But I'm a tech fan that regardless of what was said this offseason, and again, someone that felt very ambitious predicting an eight and four regular season record. I'm a tech fan, Chris, that understands a decade of irrelevancy that is now trying to be built upon as a new foundation that I think, I think could wind up with two consecutive bowl appearances and two consecutive conference-winning records. So when we get to the point that you are a regular college football playoff ranking qualifier, or dare I say someone that's even on the verge of qualifying for the playoff itself, then yeah, maybe I'm going to care about style points in a game that you should have made prettier, but I got to tell you, that sounds like Spanish to me as a tech fan. <laughs> it's been so long since I've talked about style points that that's been totally lost on me. Where is that, if anywhere, in the locker room, within the program, coaching staff? Because I know they're not a, like just immune to hearing that type of stuff, or even having some of those expectations for themselves. But I'm wondering, boots on the ground reality. Like, how big do we miss it when we're talking as
1: fans? When we're talking about style points after a win like that on the road, I, I really would be shocked if anybody internally paid any attention to that. Um, <laughs> if that if that's the the big gripe at all, and I just I think it's too hard to win games. You, you've you've had a hard enough time trying to win games. I think that you don't apologize for. I mean, I I don't care if you win by half a point versus UCF versus Texas and whatever bowl opponent you get and it's as ugly as you want. I mean, if you, if you were winning, I really don't care. And I don't, I don't care about winning 52 to to 51 or three to nothing. It doesn't matter to me. We can talk about how you get to that point all you want. That's kind of part of what we do. I get it, but the sure. result is what matters. And um, I just don't think you can apologize for going on the road and winning, especially a ranked team. I mean, boy, we, we've gotten a little bit big for our britches if we're, if we're complaining about ranked wins <laughs> on the road in the league, which gives you a conference winning record. Uh, and and I, I mean, I credit to those folks that uh, I, I'll, I'll say this credit to those folks that ha- have the expectations high enough and demand more and all those things. I will tell you from the people that matter. Uh, like like the people that fund a lot of what has gone on here, they would not be worried about style points in this. They they want to win. They don't care how it gets done. And I I would uh, agree with that uh, sentiment. So um, if that if that makes sense, so, while
0: maintaining the highest expectation of anyone for the program, sure, right, absolutely, like, yes. Picture. I just. We've said this before, and I literally mean this. And I think sometimes maybe if you haven't experienced the ebb and flow of a football season from within a locker room on any level, like beyond Pee Wee, then maybe it's just foreign to you. But every weekend, every game is unique unto itself. It's a story or chapter unto itself within this it's big book. book of a season. And so I don't feel like, hey, you go light it up style points wise. Well, hell, we're in for a hell of a lot of style points the next week. And I don't feel like also if you go muddy it up and there are no style points, then that means, boy, we'll never play with style again. Every seven days is going to be something different. And you're either going to be better or you're going to be worse. And I got to tell you, as we sit here picking up on some tendencies or some of the style that comes with this Maguire era so far, and we're only about midway through November, don't want to get too crazy yet. But what I'm seeing as a trend, Chris, is seemingly a team that looks like it gets better as the season goes along. When November gets here, are you playing better football than you were when you started? And you want to talk about another site for sore eyes. Good grief. If you're a Tech fan, you hadn't seen that in, I don't know, a decade plus. I don't remember when I felt that way. Now, you haven't turned in the verdict yet. There's still a lot of football left to be played. Uh, But I do feel like that has been somewhat of a trend. And it's leaving me as a Tech fan once again in November. A little revitalized as we head back to uh, the LBK for Central Florida.
1: Yeah, you know Joey McGuire now five and one in November uh, as the head coach here. Uh, I think you 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 know because I go back to last year like the two the last two games of the year, Iowa State and then back home versus Oklahoma. Uh, whenever you played them, one was like a Big Ten ish game in elements and the weather, and the next one is a shootout. And it's it's fascinating to me that. You know, versus TCU, you kind of got into a bit of a tit for tat like shootout type game, one at 35-28. And then this one you, you went at uh sixteen to thirteen. And you know, it, it was more of a big 10-ish kind of field position uh type game. And so I again just figuring out ways to win because all of a sudden yes. I think what were you 0 oh, and oh for three in those one score games to start out the year and, and, and those opportunities, and now you're you've won two in a row. That's half of your games. I may be off by how many total number of games, or maybe more than five, but you get my point in that you here you are at five and five, but half of your games have been one score games, which shows you how much each little thing matters in these games like one call, one key injury to somebody, one you know, converted fourth down or one fourth down stop, whatever it may be. It just speaks to how close these things are. And if you start figuring out ways to win more of them than lose them, all of a sudden, boy, do you feel better about life. But yeah, ideally, you don't want to put your position, put yourself in a position to like be in one score games. You want to roll everybody. So does Georgia. So does Alabama. So do the big boy Michigan. But they don't always get that, get that stuff done either. So anyway, I just, <laughs> I, I appreciated the win. I'll take three more just like it to finish out the season. I promise you.
0: No question. And I feel like we're just getting back to the thought of uh, the football not being round. So if you can predict how it's going to bounce <laughs> week to week, then uh, you could become a very rich man. Shout out to Biff. Uh, and I say that now to look ahead to what's coming to town this weekend, Chris. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical, and I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications with Jace Medical. Do you know what that means? It means you can, say, bring on extended travel. You can say, bring on the next natural disaster, and you can say, bring on supply chain issues because you're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics from Cialis, Viagra, or revodio prescriptions and this is possible because of our friends at jace medical so go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12 month supply on your daily medication and remember to use our promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well heard this from a verified customer recently who said they're thankful for the service with supply chain issues causing them to cut their pills in half to have them they ordered most of their meds with a year supply from jace medical and they also picked up the antibiotic kit feeling secure now is what they'd tell you if they were in my seat. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and it's recommended for everyone. So if you were someone you love, would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use our promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. If you have got a read on Central Florida, you may be one of the few. You want to talk about style points, Let's talk style points. It wasn't too long ago where it looked like a very stylish night uh, for Central Florida at home before, of all folks, Baylor runs the uh, pageant and parade for them. Now you move forward a few more weeks. Maybe you're figuring some things out. I don't know, but you got coming to town, someone who just had their most stylish affair of the season. It was a bedlam win over their in-state rival in the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And not only that, hardware aspirations. Conference momentum, they got it in bunches. And I'm sure as we all expected, they then go on to lose by 42 in Orlando. (laughs) In a monsoon, no less. In a monsoon against a team I think that was at once called, one time called the Citronauts. So it's Citronaut chaos, I suppose, coming to the LBK. And I got to tell you, my head is spinning with what to expect from these guys in uh, black and gold
1: and I guess possibly baby blue on Saturday. Yeah. That was the, what was the space game? uh, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) They, uh, I I thought of the four newcomers, central Florida would be the best team. I thought there was a lot of people that agreed with that sentiment uh, and they just, it just didn't happen for them. I think largely due to that collapse versus Baylor when they were just hammering the Baylor bears and then just totally melted down. And I think that that, Kind of, you know, rattled them for a bit, uh, and and they had a QB injury. You know, John Reese Plumley. You know, he, he missed. I don't know if it was three to five games somewhere in there, and that that affected them as well. He's back now. Uh, lucky you, uh, Texas <laughs> Tech fans. You get to see him in, uh, you know, in Jones Stadium uh, this weekend. But I, you know, they've got. I, I think their concern was coming into the year. Would they have enough depth to withstand like the Big 12 Conference? Would they have enough up front? And I think they've been able to move the ball. You go look at their numbers, man. They've been in a lot of these games. They've been a lot of these games in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, against Oklahoma. They barely lose. I mean, they've been in a lot of these games. They've got two road wins on the year, one at Boise State by a couple of points and one at Cincinnati by a couple of points. Uh, So they're not world beaters by any means, but they're they're coached by a bonafide guy and Gus Malzahn. Uh, You know, their quarterback is legit. They're going to score. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll kind of see what we get trotting in here for senior day at Jones AT&T Stadium. But Central Florida, man, they went from 0 and 5 in the league to now 2 and 5. And so I'm sure they're thinking they've kind of figured things out and, you know, you know, got a little momentum going as they're they're trying to approach bowl eligibility as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason that you go back to kind of shucking some style points, or I do at least from a tech fan perspective, is because you are clinging to the pursuit of bowl eligibility and you continue to give yourself some life with that win uh, at Kansas, Chris. But I said it in jest already once this week. Um, I, I don't know that we would have drawn up, you know, four, five, six weeks ago, some opportunity here against Central Florida back in your house to get bowl eligibility aspirations out of the way first. Before you head to Austin, I think some of us, and you'd have been fine teeing it up, but that's still possible in Austin, if that's the way the season went. But so many of us, you know, counting chickens before they hatch and such, would have loved to have had that little technical qualifier out of the way before you had to take on the Longhorns with maybe just a little more uh, intangible, emotional heat on the line between those two in that game, as opposed to, hey, can we extend – our season. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it or not, but I certainly want to give the team credit for putting themselves in a position after some bumpy, bumpy roads that they have gone down this year. To do that this weekend at home, with all respect to Central Florida, uh, Tech opens up as a slight favorite. I think it was three and a half yesterday. And uh, we'll see if they can get win number six and at least guarantee before the last week of the season that they can extend their
1: season. That uh, that point spread right there, that that line give you pause at all?
0: No, I can't say it did. Back at home, I think, for Tech, given what they've done most recently, even with Central Florida doing what they just did, I I can't say it surprised me. It might have a month ago, but I've been surprised by so many this season in a positive light for Texas Tech, Chris, that I guess at this point now I'm just like, all right, well, I'm the one that's mostly been wrong because (laughs) in some of those cases where Vegas has liked Tech more than I have, um, I think the Red Raiders have sort of backed it up. So the wise guys typically are wise for a reason. <laughs> I don't know maybe back at home I'm not as surprised by it, but what about you man? What would you expect?
1: I, I would have thought uh, Texas Tech would have been closer to a somewhere between six to eight point favorite as opposed to just like three three and a half I mean but it it, it again it tells you I think you're you're gonna be in for a bit of a, a fight uh, this weekend and if you're kind of again this is an opponent that nobody they've never played in Olympic I don't think uh, nobody knows a lot about them uh they've got a lot of speed in a, in a legit quarterback. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I, I think it'll be kind of interesting, but I, I was like, Ooh, when I saw that point spread, I was like, okay. Cause I just, I, cause I, I think what people have done is they've gone, okay, one at Kansas now go ahead and get it done versus central Florida. And then you go to a bowl game. I just, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would, I would call time out there and be like, man, not so fast, be careful. Uh, you know, and again, it's senior day. You do play so much better at home. So, I mean, heck, I think uh, Oklahoma State was, what, uh, a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite uh, there on the road versus Central Florida. And what did you tell me? Central Florida won by 42. Is that right? 45-3, to I believe. Vegas doesn't always have it nailed, but, yeah, you get the idea. That is as amazing
0: of a score, I think, as uh, we've seen so far this season in the Big 12 Conference and what has certainly been a wild and woolly path. And, by the way, the team at the top, of those standings that just survived a trip to uh, Fort Worth, got bad news with one of the best players in the league, and they're running back. So there's
1: I mean, no talent
0: out for the remainder of the season if you haven't seen it. And Aggies are worth.
1: paying their head coach $75 million just to go sit on a beach or buy an island. I don't know. A tradition it's unlike a any other. Wild times out <laughs> in the old uh, college uh, football world there.
0: Don't worry, Aggies. I'm sure this next $75 million will be the one that gets it done for you. You know, we're – I can't even get that out of my mouth. Chris, we've run out of time, my man. I appreciated it. As always, it's fun to talk about a win, especially against the top 25 foe on the road. So now it's bowl eligibility or bust as we look ahead to UCF. And uh, we'll enjoy being back with you tomorrow to continue the conversation. Thanks as always.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Enjoy your week, people. Happy Monday to you. We will talk to you all week. Hoops, football, a lot going on. Uh, but, uh, it's fun to win. Winning is better than losing. As they say, it doesn't (laughs) suck. Uh, so, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow,
0: folks. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. So you never miss an episode as we get into a busy, busy season. Uh, stay with us for Chris. I'm Casey and we'll see you for the next round on locked on Texas tech.